0: I'm Scott, and I'm Jason. Welcome to Skipped on Shuffle, a podcast where we usually delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist
1: today. we're going to do things a little bit differently, and we're going to focus on each of our top five Christmas songs that we feel are passed over by the general public. Christmas music is a weird, like, subgenre of music because I feel that it's the same, like, ten songs over and over again. Just, you know, done by different artists. You know, when you go to like a mall or whatever during the holiday season, it's like, you know, White Christmas, Blue Christmas, uh, you know, Jingle Bell Rock, whatever. It's like the same bunch of songs, but it's just like instead it's done by Avril Lavigne (laughs) instead of, you know, Bing Crosby or whatever. And it gets really repetitive and really boring. And I feel like a lot of artists tend to approach doing a Christmas song as just like an easy cash in. They're like, this is going to be something that's going to make me money every year because it's going to be played on the radio. It's going to be played, you know, in streaming and whatever. And and so they're just kind of like, I'll just toss off some Christmas songs and call it a day. But I feel like there are a lot of Christmas songs out there that sort of buck that trend and do something that's, you know, unique and new and fun and different.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I personally I'm not saying anything you know negative about those like classic Christmas songs like they're really good, and especially the fact that like you don't hear them like it's it's a yearly thing, so they go away long enough that it still feels kind of like fresh and fun to me. But as Scott mentioned, as the holidays I think go on, and you're like, okay, this is my you know fiftieth time hearing White Christmas (laughs) playing, you know, and and I'm 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 getting a little tired of it. So we thought it would be fun to and i think also maybe we don't give the impression that we're we're big fans of christmas music <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i i get like super excited when when christmas time rolls around and i get to break out these songs and um uh even though i'm like a fan of you know some of the the classics especially beach boys christmas album it's like that's a good one i a good i got to listen to that all all the time <laughs> um but yeah we thought it would be fun to just kind of pick some stuff that kind of fell by the wayside to hopefully give people uh not only some insight into you know what what we enjoy listening to but also a chance for you to add things into into the playlist um, when you're out and about and trying to get into the christmas spirit
1: My number 5 skipped on shuffle Christmas song is Go Power at Christmas Time by James Brown. So, this is somewhat a predictable choice for me because the James Brown Christmas album is kind of legendary amongst I like music geeks like Jason and I. It's kind of one of those things that Every music geek has in their collection because they they, obviously, if you're a music geek, you love James Brown because James Brown indented like seven genres of music. And, you know, it's just it's so much fun. And James Brown is so crazy. This, you know, it was made at one of his craziest times in his life when he was just gone on drugs. 90% Ninety percent of the time, and uh, and then there's this you know this Christmas album, which is like you know wholesome and fun and and silly. And I think I, I don't have the track list in front of me right now, but I think there's only like three or four like classic Christmas songs.
0: And then, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole mix of different stuff on there.
1: Yeah, and then it's like most of the stuff is just like original funk stuff that yeah. just kind of somewhat relates to Christmas. And uh, <laughs> Go Power at Christmas time is is the song that uh that opens the album. And uh I don't know, every time I hear it, I'm just like, Christmas has begun. The James Brown Christmas <laughs> album is on. You know, I feel like it's it's kind of the same thing for a lot of other people. I'm sure a lot of other people have you know, that album that really starts Christmas for them, whether it's, you know, Elvis's Christmas album, which is amazing, or like you mentioned earlier, the Beach Boys Christmas album, which is also amazing. Or, you know, those newer ones like the Mariah Carey Christmas album. That's really important for a lot of people in their households. You know, for me, this James Brown album though is is where it's at.
0: That's funny. I always uh, chuckle when I like dig, dig this one out because I'm just like, it's so, it's so James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and, j- but, but it's like, it's it's so much fun without i i don't know it's kind of one of those things where i i don't think too much about it i just kind of throw it on and enjoy myself and it's funny how he just works in like all the the expected things you expect james brown to do um you know showing off his vocal range obviously because even though i mean as you mentioned this album comes at kind of a a, a crazy period of his life he's still got it oh yeah totally no doubt yeah um and and i think that's what's like so fun about this record is just kind of the the mindless fun of it um I mean, obviously, you know, lyrically, as you mentioned, you know, some some songs only lightly touch on Christmas and you're like, I guess this fits (laughs) (laughs) onto a Christmas album. But yeah, no, no, this is this one is is one that I always enjoy breaking out. And I feel like, yeah, for some reason, not a lot of people know, like there's this James Brown Christmas album. And I think it's partly, uh, as you mentioned, there aren't a lot of those recognizable Christmas classics on here. He kind of goes the other way and chooses you know stuff that is just kind of on on the fringe, or yeah, like original stuff,
1: right, yeah, and he it, i think the the most the most popular like or i guess the most well known Christmas song that he does on the record is the Christmas song, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and it's yep. terrible, it's the worst song on the record <laughs> because he you know it doesn't have that kind of. It's not that's not a song for James Brown, you know? Like cause he's like chestnuts resting on an open fire. You know, it's like it's really bad, you know? He's it's it's definitely the weakest, the weakest track. So of course, you know, I'm sure studio executives are like, we need to have one of the classic Christmas songs be Something, the radio yeah. hit and it, they're like this one is terrible so it's not going to work and they don't want to play you know like this one like go power at christmas time or any other original material on there that's really good and uh i also want to mention that uh it, it it there's a lot of songs that bring in like a political element too which might be a mm, reason why yeah. the album kind of got you know kind of got set to the sidelines is, you know, he does talk about like the commercialization of Christmas. He talks about uh, what it's like being, you know, poor and black and going through Christmas and stuff, you know, stuff that like white listeners might be like, well, this is, uh, this isn't, you know, Christmas fodder. Like, you know, this is a little, I don't want to listen to this right now. Like let's put on Bing Crosby, you know? (laughs) Uh, So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. I forget how he kind of dresses that all up, and yeah, it's interesting for yeah a, a Christmas record to also be any any kind of political statement. It is, but it, James, but James Brown can do it. Yeah,
1: he can do it, and uh, and it is great. So if you, it's probably hard to find. I don't even know if it's like on streaming networks or anything. But uh, but if you can find it, the James Brown Christmas album is amazing, and uh, and go power at Christmas time. Totally one of my favorites. Joseph was an old man, and an old man was he, when he married Virgin Mary, the Queen of Galilee, as Mary and Joseph were one.
0: So digging deep here, my number five choice is Mark Lanigan's The Cherry Tree Carol. So probably most people don't know the song. I know Scott, I don't think, is this was, too familiar with
1: this one. This was a new one to me, so
0: so I I I think the most famous, it's uh, a Christmas carol um from back in, you know, like medieval times. So it's a pretty old song. Um the Mark Lanigan version is interesting because it appeared on this tour only record that he put out so the only place you could buy this is if you were like on tour went up to the merch table wow and saw this thing so it's like six tracks it's called dark mark does christmas (laughs) and and mark Lanigan. if you're at all a mark Lanigan fan you know it's this deep gravelly voice and everything is just has this melancholy feel so it's funny to hear him do like a christmas carol but this one you know it's kind of um I guess, darker themed because basically what the song is, is it's about Joseph walking with it's um, Joseph walking with the Virgin Mary and she's pregnant with Jesus. And as they're walking through, um, you know, wherever they see some cherry trees and Mary's like, Oh, can you pick some cherries for me? And he's like, well, why don't you have your, the father of your child pick them? Oh shit. (laughs) And then it's like, Oh man. And then, Basically, in in the song, the the baby Jesus speaks from the womb to the cherry trees, and the cherry trees bend down for Mary to to pick the cherries. And after that, Joseph's like, "Oh shit, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, what what can I do for you?" <laughs> Tail is all um, so, this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a kind of a weird choice. I don't know what it is. I I just I think I like, um, you know, having been raised. You know, I'm I'm retired Catholic now, Uh Um, but having been, you know, like it it gives you those like churchy kind of vibes, even though this like wasn't, you know, a song that I think was like ever, ever sung in the church I went to, Um, but just gives me that that kind of, you know, Christmas feel of like when you're a kid going to church every week Um, and, you know, the decorations change and all that kind of stuff. Um, And just something about this feels like, I don't know, sitting in a small space next to a fire or listening to you know some some bard singing and, and <laughs> <laughs> again I, I know it sounds like silly but that's kind of just like the 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 vibe I get from this one um so kind of a weird choice um probably the most famous cover of it is Joan Baez did a version of it in probably like the the 60s um but again not a super popular one um but yeah I don't know one that I, I, I dig for some reason.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the the church aspect because my family, we didn't grow up religious at all. Like I never, I, the first time I was in a church was for a funeral when I was like in my teens and uh, yeah, it was just not really a, a part of our lives. So I missed out on a lot of like the churchy Christmas music and certainly the relation to Christmas music as being a religious thing, you know, it's, it's. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird for me because, you know, there are so many people out there that, you know, are really intent on keeping like the religious themes of Christmas sacrosanct. And like, to me, it's like Christmas was never religious, you know, it was just, I don't really, you know, like, you know, like my first track is James Brown, you know, Christmas. (laughs) That's like, to me, that's what's Christmas, you know? So it's, 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 it's always, um, I get excited when people have like uh, like that connection to Christmas like uh, I, this this is just kind of a weird tangent, but because you mentioned like the, the 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 religious themes of the track and how it's like kind of brings you to that that feeling. Um, Enya uh sings in a church choir every year for Christmas. So it's like, you mm. know, she's this multi-million dollar, you know, multi-million selling art recording artist but in this small church that she grew up in, she goes and sings and does all the Christmas carols every year with everybody and stuff like that. And so it's like I don't know, I I think it's interesting to to make that connection to like religion and and the church and the themes because, you know, for me and I'm sure a lot of people out there like Christmas is, you know, the Christmas tree and presents and family and and whatnot, so yeah. My number four pick is called the closing of the year main theme, which is by the musical cast of toys featuring Wendy and Lisa. So a little background here. So this, this is a track that uh, opens the film toys, which is a Robin Williams vehicle from the nineties. And the movie was a flop. It was critically panned and, uh, it's silly, uh, you know. Definitely not one of Robin Williams, you know, best films. But uh, but the beginning of the film is this Christmas pageant that's held at this toy factory. Where uh, at the toy factory, it is perpetually Christmas. Like you know, you get the feel that this is a Christmas time thing. But no, this is just at the factory. Like they're just always having Christmas pageants because that's the whimsical element of this factory. And the Christmas pageant that they that they that they present is, is set to this music. And I don't know why it's like, when I saw it as a kid, I wasn't a kid. I, th- I, I guess I was in my, my, my tweens when it came out, when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, like this totally encapsulates the magic of Christmas for me. Like, this is what I think about when I think about, you know, the, the whimsy and, and, and fun and joyousness of what Christmas is, for a lot of people. And so whenever I hear this track, it takes me back to that feeling. It, I like the movie, you know, the movie's fine and all that, but, but that, that opening scene just like drives me wild with like, okay, Christmas spirit.
0: So your, your church is the factory
1: in toys. <laughs> yes. My church is Robin <laughs> is, is, Williams is. coked out of his mind, just fucking <laughs> plowing through some crazy movie about toys.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say when Scott told me he picked the song, I, I, I was like, oh man, I totally forgot about this weird movie that I remember I didn't like as a kid. And I can't remember exactly why. I mean, I'm sure the, if I threw it on for 10 minutes, I'd be like, oh, this, this might be why. Uh, but I remember my brother loved it. Um, and it was just... Uh, I, I'm sure if I went back and watched the movie, I would just feel like, oh man, I forgot just... The sheer insanity of this movie and it's funny that you picked it because i didn't i don't remember that christmas like segment at all like i i I remember like oh it's a toy factory and you know some evil nefarious person is like gonna take it over and i i I, like vaguely remembered all that and but something about the visuals just were super off-putting despite being like kind of rather clever because isn't it tied into like different art movements and things. Yeah. Like like the set
1: design is, is very um, it's over the top. It's like very colorful. It's like an explosion of, of gaudiness in every frame. And you know, the, the, the factory doesn't make any sense. Like it's like, you know, it's not a factory that would be realistic. It's like the factory that kids imagine a toy factory looks like. So the the set design and the direction is just is is very strange, um, and the the big problem with the movie though is the plot. The plot doesn't make any sense. It's really stupid. I mean, the the core tenet of this military guy taking over a toy factory and robbing oh, it. oh that's what it was yeah robbing it of all of its whimsy to try and make the toys be military you know military products that's ridiculous on in its in its own way, um, but it just wasn't done in a way that makes any sense. But uh, but the soundtrack is great, and uh, the soundtrack is is done by Trevor Horn. Which, if you're a skipped on shuffle episode listener, you would remember we talked a lot about Trevor Horn when we talked about the Seal episode. And Seal appears on the soundtrack, and so does Tori Amos in a very very early incarnation of Tori Amos before huh. she you know became the Tori Amos that most people know. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting soundtrack and it's an interesting film, but if you if you do nothing else, just go on YouTube and find opening scene of Toys and I'm sure it's on there and it's just, you know, 3 minutes or whatever, just seeing this Christmas pageant and you'll understand why that song brings me that joyousness of of what Christmas is.
0: Inside, painted candy canes on the tree his way he's
1: filled
0: his sleigh with things things for you and for me it's that time of year when the world falls in love every song you hear so for my number four choice i chose the christmas waltz by she and him so she and him, for anybody who doesn't know, is Zoe Deschanel, probably more known for her acting, and M. Ward, who plays guitar. And it's this kind of retro y vibe of like 50s kind of sound. And they put out a couple records, usually, I think, mostly covers. At least the, the ones that I'm most familiar with are covers. And then they did this Christmas record, which is obviously, again, mostly covers. Um, and for this song is interesting because it was originally written for Frank Sinatra as a B-side to his version of White Christmas. And it's funny because a, a ton of people have apparently done the song, and when I threw on the She and Him album, I almost thought this one was an original one because I had never heard it before. So it's kind of the only version of the song that I know and that kind of excited me because I feel like as we mentioned, there's so many Christmas songs you hear where you're just like, okay, this is so-and-so's version of this. This is so-and-so's version of this. So it was cool that this Christmas song that's been around a long time managed to just kind of, evade my ears all this time so when i heard the she and him one i was like oh the song's like really pretty really relaxing um the i love like just the imagery it starts off you know frosted window panes uh candles gleaming inside so so the imagery is you know pretty simple um and timeless for for a christmas song and i don't know it's just you know as the title suggests it's a waltz so and it self consciously brings in, uh, uh, it it self references the the three fourths time in the lyrics, and I don't know. It's just it's one of those just nice, slow, quiet Christmas songs where you're just like, you know, sitting around the house, sitting, you know, in basking in the light of the Christmas tree, and you can just kind of like throw the song on, and just a nice relaxing vibe. Is kind of why I like it. I feel like uh
1: Zoe De Chanel is probably a pretty major part of people's Christmases, you know, because of Elf. You, so, oh yeah. So it's yeah. like I feel like that's you know, Elf is, is has become like a classic Christmas movie for for people in our generation, I think, but maybe even people younger or older. But but yeah, I feel like, you know, she obviously is in Elf and now she, you know, she, with, with she and him, I, you know, I don't think, I think they, they have like one Christmas record, but I think they've released like a lot of Christmas singles over time too.
0: I think they might even have, I think they might even have two. Right. Yeah. So, like, so clearly yeah.
1: Christmas is like a big deal to Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's cool to, to hear That, you know, to hear her and M Ward's take on this classic Christmas song, because, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I didn't I didn't know this song and, uh, you know, until I heard it with 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 the she and him track. So. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 it's. To me, it's always interesting to think about like people who who like make their entire living off of Christmas. And obviously, Zoe Deschanel is not one of these people. But you know, there are so many artists out there, like like Chip Davis, who does the the Mannheim Steamroller stuff. You know, it's like that's it. Like he just writes yep. Christmas music, and that's his entire living. You know, and uh, yeah, I I I I I I like to think about the people who the artists um, that like have that Christmas connection with people. You know, where it's like they think about that music or that movie or whatever and immediately is like, yep, this is Christmas. You know, whether it's whether it's Elf or Die Hard or or the She and Him Christmas album or the Elvis Christmas album or whatever, like that, that constant connection to Christmas is is cool. And clearly Zoe Deschanel is is right there. She's like, yeah, I'll I'll be that person. I'm cool. (laughs) We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon.
0: Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash shuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast.
1: We watch the children play.
0: Secretly, a gift still have.
1: This one probably won't be surprising for people who have listened to Skip on Shuffle uh, in the past. They know that the Smashing Pumpkins is one of my favorite bands, so it is obvious that uh, the Christmas time would be on here. So this is a song that is ostensibly a Billy Corgan song. I'm pretty sure that the rest of the Smashing Pumpkins members do not play anything on it. It is all digital. It's all recorded on synthesizers and stuff. It's kind of a precursor to what Billy was going to do with the Adore album, where he was going to focus more on drum machines and stuff like that. So uh, I, I it, it's credited to the Smashing Pumpkins, but I'm pretty sure this is just Billy recorded this on his own, and he was like, whatever, I'm just going to do this, and I don't care. Um, but uh, this song appears on one of the very special Christmas albums. And uh, so uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, there was a string of these albums uh, that all go to charities, uh the profits all go to specific charities, and uh there's been, there 's been i think there 's been like seven of them now um and the first one was incredibly popular and had a lot of big hits on a lot of big radio hits, uh you know basically uh, modern or contemporary artists recording classic christmas songs but then, as they got through this was this this song appears in the third iteration of the very special Christmas albums uh they stopped doing um just like classic christmas songs done by contemporary artists and started incorporating a lot more original stuff. So, believe it or not, this is actually one of two songs that I'm going to pick from from this album. So, A Very Special Christmas Album 3 is is to me like a terrific christmas album from beginning to end. Uh just because it's so it's filled to the brim with original material that fits the christmas vibe but doesn't have that like, you know, it's just Christmas songs done by new artists.
0: Yeah. When I think of, uh, that record, uh, we loved it in our family. It's kind of like one of those like go to, you know, staples. And I think part of what's nice with that album is, as Scott mentioned, there's, you know, original songs from, uh, mostly like younger artists. I, I was at the time. At the time. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Cause it, we're talking like mid to late nineties, I think. Uh, so it's like, no doubt is on there and Eve six, um, Eve six and there's, but there's also like, I I think that's the one with Steve Winwood is on there and sting is on there. So there's also like older artists. So I feel like it was one of those things like for, I mean, I, I, Personally, like, you know, Sting and Steve Winwood and stuff. But I think it was one of those things that helped kind of make it a little multi generational. So when we could put it on our house, it was like, oh, okay, there's like these newer bands that, you know, we were listening to, like Smashing and Pumpkins and, you know, also like older music that my parents would be like, oh, is that like Sting? Okay, you know. Um, so I, I, I remember as this is, you know, the, the album that could bring everyone together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I, I think, I, I really love this you know speaking of the song instead of like the whole record, but speaking of the the the, the song itself. Billy does a great job with. Yeah, uh, with what you mentioned before, with the she and him track, where where he's bringing the imagery of Christmas, you know, really mm. well. You know, like talking about the presents and talking about the kids and the smiles on their faces as they open things, that anticipation of like waiting, you know, listening for the 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 sleigh to land on the roof, you know, and thinking, oh, I just heard it. You know, like he really it does a great job of presenting all that imagery. And uh, I think this is a song that even somebody who hates the Smashing Pumpkins could actually enjoy. Billy's voice doesn't do the, you know, the classic, like, "Eh," he doesn't do that (laughs) in the song. Uh, The song is very pretty. It doesn't sound like a Smashing Pumpkins song. It just happens to be sung by Billy Corgan. So I feel like even if you hate the Smashing Pumpkins... You should give it a shot.
0: Yeah, the percussion on this like always surprises me. It's just like so like lush and fun. It's like how many how many smashing Pumpkin songs are there, or you know, with jingle bells, <laughs> you know, th- throughout. Um, so yeah, the, I I feel like it just has um, as as you mentioned like the imagery, but also just kind of has this like warm, friendly sound to it that you definitely don't associate, <laughs> you know, with 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 most of. Um, Billy Corgan songs and especially um, Smashing Pumpkin songs. Sorry. My number three choice is the band's "Christmas Must Be Tonight," and this one's kind of interesting because it's one of those where Robbie Robertson tried like real hard to make this a hit because it's not only on on an album with when he was still with the band, but also he tried to re-record it later on solo. And it still didn't end up going anywhere. <laughs> so when he wrote this song, he wrote it about the birth of his son. But in the song, it's about the birth of Jesus. So it's interesting. And, and it's a song that kind of like works both ways, kind of depending on um, your your perspective of things. But I just kind of want to mention that because if you don't know that, you'd just be like, okay, it's just, you know, your, your standard Christmas song about, um, you know, Jesus being born rather than, you know, that that I like that additional perspective of you know he's not he's writing not only keeping that in mind but also like I just you know had a son come into the world and so I I there's there's something about that um that I really like and again it has kind of just this like hymn-like feel to it like you could imagine you know go, going into a church and the song being sung despite you know um it, it just being you know an, an original song written in the 70s by by this guy
1: I think it's interesting that you mentioned that he tried to do it twice. And, you know, I mentioned this kind of jokingly at the beginning of the episode, but but, you know, Christmas songs can be very lucrative, you know. And so maybe he's just like, I want that paycheck, <laughs> you know, like I want that yearly paycheck of of having that hit. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, Elmo and Patsy, the people who wrote, you know, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, like they were set for <laughs> life, you know, like that's it. They all that one song just it keeps, you know. Keeps returning them cash over and over again. So yeah, it it could have been that Robbie Robertson was like, you know, this is a good song and he, you know, obviously has a lot of personal connection to it, but he's also like, if I can make this a Christmas hit, then, you know, that'd be really good. So might as well re-record it and try again.
0: (laughs) So the other thing I really like about the song is just the perspective that it takes where Robbie Robertson writes from, um, the point of view of a shepherd who's just you know watching all this unfold and it it helps kind of capture the like oh I, i don't know anything about what's happening here but i realize you know it's this like magical amazing thing that's happening and you know i i see it in the stars and you know once once he's born it's like oh i know that you know things things have changed forever and so i think you know it helps kind of capture again you know the, what what christians believe at christmas which is you know the the birth of jesus and ch- changing things entirely and also uh again that that personal connection and you know speaking from experience when your your children are born being like oh my life is you know no longer the same thing and it will always be different so i think it's just kind of you know nice to to capture that in kind of like i said the song that kind of works works both ways
1: My number two Christmas song is Ave Maria, as performed by a band called Eleven, featuring Chris Cornell on vocals. So as I mentioned, this is the second track that appears on the A Very Special Christmas 3 album. And this is just absolutely incredible. And I feel, you know... I feel like when when Soundgarden was was coming up and, and Chris Cornell was getting heaps of praise in the music uh, press for, for his vocal range and, and just how impressive his, his, his vocals really were, it, it was it was difficult to sort of convince people who weren't heavy metal fans of that fact. Because, you know, if you put on a Soundgarden album and are like, listen to this guy's voice, they're just going to be like, wow, this is loud, angry music with like, you know, big riffs and, you know, screaming and whatever. But then you play this for people and they're like, oh, wow, like this guy's voice is incredible. And you really get a sense for just how special Chris Cornell really was uh, as, a, as a vocalist. And uh, to hear him sing this like, you know, intensely, you uh, you know, talking about, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times now, like very churchy type of songs to hear him sing this song in the same passionate way that I imagine, like somebody who was like, you know, in a church and singing like directly to Jesus. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the passion that he brings to this track. And it's just it's just absolutely stunningly beautiful the way uh, the way he he captures that passion and in in such a way that that a lot of people might not have expected from a guy like Chris Cornell, especially at the time.
0: Yeah, um, I if you didn't choose this one, I would have chosen it. And I mentioned before about, you know, the very special Christmas three record um, kind of bringing my family together. And at the time, I was a big Soundgarden fan. And I, I don't think my mother at the time, sort of like, it's just what Scott was saying, like realized how great his voice was. And when she heard this and I was like, it's the same guy, (laughs) you know, I I think it was like, Oh wow. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, won her over a little bit to, to being a a Chris Cornell and a Soundgarden fan is, you know, hearing this. Cause yeah, I mean, I remember just this just flooring all of us of just like, no matter what your feelings are about, yeah, Chris Cornell and Soundgarden and whatever else he does, like he just like kills the song. Like it's just it's unreal. It is it's really just unreal.
1: And and the production is so lush. You know, it's obviously uh, very canned. You know, I, I'm imagining it was mostly done on on synths. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like you know organic in any way. But uh, but it's huge. I mean, it's just this huge sound, and you just feel like you're 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 in like the the grandest hall of of all time and you know you can just imagine Chris Cornell like on his knees on the stage like you know screaming and just out, you know getting it all out and uh, i'm on uh, i think of of all the songs that 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 are on my list i'm the, the most surprised that this isn't a radio staple around christmas like i yeah. feel like this yeah. is one of those songs like you mentioned that just like could bring everybody together you know the super devoutly religious people will love this song the the older people who want like you know, Christmas to be beautiful and, and passionate and, you know, uh, churchy esque. They're going to like it. Younger people who are fans of of Chris Cornell and, and the nineties music in general, they're going to love it. Like everybody's going to love this song. And for whatever reason, like, I don't know, maybe it's too churchy. Maybe radio was just like, you know, we want something a little more pop friendly, but, but I don't know. This song is just, to me, this is a song that everybody could enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, then you have a problem. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and i've yeah and i've you know i've yet to meet anyone who like you play this for them and they aren't just absolutely floored and and yeah it doesn't matter what your (laughs) what your connections are it's just like like you mentioned you're just like in awe and yeah i i feel like that that forced that forced kind of reverence you must fall on your knees like (laughs) listening to this thing um but yeah maybe maybe it's a little too intense if you're like you know searching through the radio (laughs) yeah and
1: and you're looking for you know chestnuts roasting on an open fire or something and you're like oh yeah uh, let me let me skip this this track that that makes me want to (laughs) cry and (laughs) listen to this song that makes me bob my head a little bit
0: My number two choice is Pete's Dad by Porno for Pyros. Probably not the first <laughs> band you think of when you think of of Christmas songs. Um, coming coming out of the the remnants of Jane's Addiction, so um, Perry Farrell singing and Stephen Perkins on drums, and Peter De Stefano, the Pete of the song, um, on guitar, and Martin Lenovo on bass. Um, so so this one's really interesting because it's basically just a, a true story. And it's basically about Pete's dad, so guitarist Peter De Stefano. They were over his house for Christmas. and the doctor basically like Pete's dad was really sick with cancer and the doctor calls him up and he's basically like, oh, like we you know got the test results in and, and you're like cancer free now. And so they wrote a song about it about how you know like it's this Christmas miracle but it's not only touching in that way but it's just a little bit silly and fun cuz it's Perry Farrell and who can't do anything without he's never done anything
1: <laughs> serious in his life
0: <laughs> So like the the lyrics tend to be like a little silly even though like they are straightforward I mean it starts off well it's Christmas and it's Hanukkah Perry Farrell being Jewish. Jewish, um, Jews and Italians live very much alike. I like Italian food.
1: <laughs> I love them. Uh, what a, what a, what a wonderful man. <laughs> I like Italian food,
0: <laughs> but there are, I mean, there are some like nice, you know, touching moments in here. Um, you know, uh, the, the, one of the later verses says after supper, we all gather around Pete's daddy plays guitar and sings serenades from back in Sicily. On the wall, there's a picture of a young man who looks like Peter does. And again, getting a little silly when he goes out with me on Saturday. <laughs> so he has like this nice, you know, passage about like, oh, my guitarist clearly learned to play guitar from his father. You know, we see this picture on the wall of, you know, his father back in the day looks just like he does. And then that that's what he looks like when we go out on Saturday. <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, I feel like one of those songs where it's like, it's, it's, you know, super touching, family oriented. I like the whole idea of, you know, Peter DiStefano, the guitar, bringing, you know, this this weird group of people that is, you know, the porno for pyros band, you know, into like, you know, his family's house to, you know, everybody to sit down, um, you know, getting this great news and everyone can just kind of share in the joy and celebration of it. Um, so it just kind of, it's as, as weird as it sounds, it's just kind of like a, a feel good song. And I feel like, especially um, during the holidays and, and, you know, depending on people's, you know, situations, Uh, hopefully everyone has that experience of, you know, when you're invited over feeling, you know, warm and welcomed. Um, And you know, it is one of the nice things about Christmas is, you know, just going over to, you know, someone else's family in somebody else's house and just feeling you know, so loved and welcomed and cared for and supported. Um, And I feel like the song kind of like helps, you know, capture that. And I like, you know, being able to have that feeling not only when I personally go and do those things but also how the how this song like elicits those feelings they sold me a dream of christmas they sold me a silent night they told me a fairy story till i believed in the israelite and i believed in father I to the sky with excited eyes. Then I woke with a yawn in the first
1: light of dawn and I saw him his disguise All right we're down to the end here so my number 1 skipped on shuffle Christmas song is I believe in Father Christmas by Emerson Lake and Palmer uh even though it is an Emerson Lake and Palmer song it is primarily a Greg Lake song this was during the time when uh ELP was primarily focused on doing their own compositions and then joining together for uh you know co co-created uh songs in in a in a you know more as like a novelty thing. So they are like, you know, Emerson would write his songs, Lake would write his songs, and Palmer would write his songs, and then they'd get together and write a couple songs together. And uh, so, yeah, so this is more of a Greg Lake song than an ELP song traditionally, but, you know, obviously it's credited to ELP, so that's what I'm saying. Anyway, I Believe in Father Christmas is my mother's favorite Christmas song, or at least one of her favorite Christmas songs. And this is a song that, once again, and we, we've said this a few times now, but but this song the reason I picked it as my number one is because this song really, really brings that joy of Christmas, you know, to me and just, just the title alone, the, I believe in father Christmas is, you know, cause this is written by, you know, Greg Lake in, in, in ELP, which was at the time, one of the biggest progressive rock bands on the planet. And, you know, for this grown rock star man to write a song about, how he believes in Father Christmas and then not only say I believe in Father Christmas but write a song that sounds like like he legitimately believes in Father Christmas, you know, really, uh, I don't know, just just brings that that joyousness to me. It really just, it's just such a great track. This is, you know, and I feel like this is something that people say, often but this is one of those songs that if it came on in July I would listen to it all the way through like if if I was listening to my music collection on shuffle and just accidentally this one snuck in I wouldn't be like oh no it's a christmas song I have to skip it I would be like nope I'm going to sit through this whole thing and listen to it because the production is just so lush the 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 passion behind his his vocal delivery is so apparent you know it's just I don't know it's a great song it's a great written song and it also uh it it to me is a song that even people who hate Emerson Lake and Palmer can can enjoy. It's got the bombast and the theatricality of Emerson Lake and Palmer without like the pretentiousness.
0: <laughs> I just have to agree with Scott. Like it's a beautiful song, and I I think you sum it up well. When if this came on and it wasn't Christmas time, I would still listen all the way through. Like it it's one of those that. Yes, it's about Christmas and Christmas time and has all those themes. And again, we talk about, you know, the wonderful imagery. There's, you know, great imagery in here as well. Uh, but yeah, there's something that just feels a little bit more timeless about it. And I think it's, it might be a little bit because I like some of the other, um, quieter ELP songs like from the beginning
1: mm,
0: yeah. is one that I really like. So I th- I think it kind of like captures, as you mentioned, like the, the not as, as over the top and theatrical side of, of them. And I think, yeah, it's just a nice quiet song that you can picture, you know, snowflakes falling down <laughs> outside your window too. I don't know. I, I just, I really love those songs that capture like, again, that kind of vibe of just like sitting in your house Christmas tree in the corner of the room, and just, you know, something like this comes on, and it just, it feels right. Oh, when I was a kid, oh, how magic it seems. oh, please let me sleep, it's Christmas time. So, my number one Christmas song is Let Me Sleep, It's Christmas Time by Pearl Jam. So, nobody's probably surprised that I picked a Pearl Jam song, especially because Pearl Jam have, up until recently, released a holiday single every year and usually there's there there all the songs aren't always christmas related some are just kind of winter adjacent some are you know christmas songs and i picked this one it's from their very first holiday single they released in in 1991 and there's just something so quiet and soothing about it it's a little bit like i mentioned i i i think i was trying to describe with the uh, the ELP song where there's just something that feels like Christmas about it feels like, and, and again, I think it's that elicits, um, you know, just, just some of the feelings of wintertime. I mean, it starts out cold wind blows on the soles of my feet. So just, you know, kind of helps set the mood and just this repetition of Eddie Vedder singing, Oh, please let me sleep. It's Christmas time. Something about just, uh, again, just trying to capture, a different sort of feeling like so many of the the christmas songs we picked are about like oh the miraculousness of it the you know overwhelming joy and all those things and i feel like for this one just kind of a, a quiet more solitary experience you know the, with the porno for pyro song it's all about you know uh, getting people together and those you know t- family celebrations whereas this just sounds like someone kind of sitting by themselves just kind of contemplating the season um it's a little sleepy a little melancholic in places but i feel like again there's something to just you know the the christmas season you know waking up early on you know, a cold morning or again, you know, like I I have the experience this morning with, you know, the Christmas tree set, you know, g- getting up and being out in your living room with the Christmas tree just by yourself and, you know, everyone else is still asleep in the house. Just something about that that sort of vibe um, I, I, I get and I like from from this this track.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, the song touches on that because that's something that is kind of hard to describe, you know, like, you know it. Like if you tell somebody like waking up on Christmas morning or or not even on Christmas morning, but just on a on a on a day around Christmas where maybe you wake up and maybe you have no agenda. Maybe, you know, you're just going to be sitting at home, hanging with the family or or doing whatever um, that that vibe is is not really easily described it's it's something that you can mention to somebody and they'll be like I know what you're talking about. But then if you said okay, well let's describe it to each other, it'd just be like yeah, man, you just you just chill, <laughs> like and that be it. And so and so the the way that the the way that uh, Eddie Vedder is able to sort of or sort of present that that feeling in a way that you know at least does a does a good enough job of getting across that thing. I mean, I I think it's still. I don't know. It's, it's incredibly difficult to also do the family thing. You know, it's like, how do you tell Mm. somebody what it feels like to be with your family on Christmas? Like you can talk about, you can use words like joyous and, and happy and, and whatever. Uh, but it's like, you can't really describe it. If somebody had never been with a family on Christmas, how would you tell them like what it is, you know? And, and, And I feel like a lot of Christmas songs focus on that intensely because, you know, family is a major part of Christmas for a lot of people. But the way that Eddie Vedder kind of like is like, oh, yeah, but there's there's a personal happiness and a personal joyousness that comes with it as well. Um, And so, yeah, the, the, the way that he's able to capture that in this in this cute song is 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 really great.
0: Well, thank you for listening to our Christmas episode. Trying to do something a little different here, so hopefully people found a song or two, or maybe they were like, "Oh, I thought I was the only person who listened to to that one." Um, so we were very happy to share some of our favorites with you, and like like I said, hope hopefully give you something else to listen to when you're listening to the Christmas song for the hundredth time. (laughs) Although, although I feel bad saying that one because Nat King Cole's the Christmas song is such a, a such a favorite of mine.
1: It's a total classic. Christmas is a very special time for a lot of people, and even if Christmas isn't a special thing for you because maybe you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, the end of the year is is a special time for a lot of people. You know, whether it's you know looking forward to the next year coming, or looking back and reflecting on what's been happening with with your life in the past year and figuring out like how you know how can I make my life better? Where have I grown? What if what's happened this year that's made me stronger? All that kind of stuff. This is a special time, and uh, music is is something that can can really empower you and, and make you feel good and so we hope that you know you find a song in this list that maybe can give you those feelings and if uh, if not we hope that you have you know your own songs that you really appreciate you know at the end of the year kind of bringing it all together for you but but yes from from both jason and i we want to wish everybody a merry christmas happy holidays happy hanukkah and a happy new year to everybody and thanks so much for supporting us over this uh past that uh, past year
0: Please visit our website at www.skiptonshuffle.com for more news about other episodes and our upcoming schedule.
1: We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please visit skiptonshuffle.com for links to all of our social media pages.